Welcome to the Are Your Hands Full podcast, a step-by-step parenting podcast for your Jewish family. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I hope you enjoy this episode. One of the most difficult aspects of negative behavior that confronts parents today is chutzpah. This behavior is especially difficult because it challenges our parental role and forces us to react in the heat of the moment, thereby unraveling our resolve to focus on long-term goals. It causes us to question our chinuch skills and is damaging to the long-term parent-child relationship. Chutzpah defined. Chutzpah can be defined as a manifestation of one or more of the following forms of negative behavior. Audacity, insolence, impertinence, disrespect, impoliteness, and brazenness. Individuals who exhibit chutzpah have overstepped their status-defined boundaries and speak as if they are either older, more important, or in an authority position that they mistakenly assume they are justified in adopting. We as parents must realize how significant the modeling of non-chutzpahic behavior is. It involves helping a youngster recognize the value of positive midos, such as remorse, guilt, and sympathy. Modeling acceptable non-chutzpahic behaviors leads the child to ultimately recognize the negative effects of hurting others through chutzpah. There is a fundamental difference between the chutzpah manifested by today's children and the chutzpah of children who grew up generations ago. Understanding this difference gives parents a better perspective on chutzpah and enables them to deal with it appropriately. The chutzpah that was. A hundred years ago, the world was very different than it is today. The average non-Jewish man covered his head at all times and greeted everyone cordially and politely. A natural respect permeated the environment and people were far less likely to behave with rudeness or indifference. Thus, a child growing up before World War I, who displayed chutzpahdik behavior, became a serious source of concern. Such a child was behaving in a manner that was not consistent with his or her environment. Parents became extremely concerned when they saw the slightest hint of chutzpah and were determined to eradicate it, with a zero-tolerance policy. The chutzpah that is. Today's communication style includes fewer social pleasantries and increasingly brusque, curt, and rude interactions. Those who speak politely and respectfully are the exceptions. While walking the streets, riding the school bus, or sitting in school, our children are consistently bombarded with abusive, foul, offensive, and aggressive language, including the liberal use of expletives. Because children mimic everything they see and hear, it follows that they will imitate adult language, particularly when they are angry and frustrated. We would be remiss if we were to dismiss this behavior by blaming it totally on society. We must accept responsibility for this behavior too and identify its sources in order to tailor an appropriate antidotal approach for chutzpah. Here are the manifestations of chutzpah. Although it would be almost impossible to list every single form of chutzpah that exists, there are some basic forms of chutzpah that are more common, 
The following is a list of commonly found chutzpah classifications. Contradicting. Contradicting is denying or challenging another's action or statement. Children often contradict facts or opinions that parents have stated or deny the occurrence of an event. Both are forms of chutzpah. I know exactly what you mean. One afternoon, I was standing on my porch talking with my neighbor while Yossi was listening in on our conversation. I had a lot of hatzlacha in the children's clothing store, Baruch Hashem, and I was just heading to the grocery when I bumped into Mrs. K, I started saying. Yossi, who was following the story, quickly interrupted by saying, No, Ma, you met Mrs. K after we left the grocery. Inappropriate tone of voice. Tone of voice is inappropriate when its pitch and volume are elevated to unacceptable levels. The volume may escalate to louder than average speaking levels expressed in an exasperated or frustrated tone. I experience this all the time. Just yesterday, while I was preparing supper, a hot and sweaty Libby came running in from the backyard. Ma! I need a drink! He explained, his pitch elevated to an ear-piercingly loud, near screech. Condescending. Condescending is the use of a specific tone of voice to express an attitude of superiority. It is used when the speaker feels more intelligent or more entitled than the listener. Unfortunately, I experienced this one all the time as well. Today, when I returned home from the grocery with a trunk load of bags, Chevy helped me unload the car and put away the purchases. At one point, Chevy looked at me in exasperation and said, Ma, what were you thinking in the grocery? Didn't you know that we were running out of shampoo? Next time you go shopping, you'd better buy some. Here is another example. I was vacuuming the living room floor one Matzah Shabbos when the baby started to cry. I turned to Leiby, who was busy playing with his Lego at the time, and asked him to finish vacuuming for me. What do I look like, the cleaning lady, was his muttered response. Threatening. Threatening is pledging to harm someone or do something unpleasant in order to achieve a desired item or outcome. Children who have difficulty accepting a no from a parent will use threatening language to attempt to change a parent's mind so that their wish can be fulfilled. This reminds me of the time... Yossi asked me if he can go to a friend's house after he finished his homework. While I was weighing his request against my prearranged plans for the afternoon, Yossi quickly added, And if you don't let me go to Maishi's house, I'm not going to do my homework at all. Name-calling. Name-calling is using offensive language to insult another. Children will often use name-calling to express anger and frustration when something doesn't work out for them like the time when Mindy was bored. She wandered into the kitchen and noticed a bag of chips on the counter. She asked if she could take some of the potato chips, even though she knew that supper was almost ready. When I replied that she could not have the chips because it was almost supper time, she responded, No, no, no. Always the same stupid answer from the same stupid mother. Physical Intervention Physical intervention occurs when the child attempts to change a particular situation by using physical force. If children realize that they are not getting their way, they may attempt to intervene physically to gain control of the situation. I can remember a time when this happened. 
I had just returned from the grocery and was unloading the packages. I took out a box of my family's favorite ice cream pops and headed over to the freezer to place them there. Libby noticed the box and ran in front of me. Please, can I have one of those ice creams, please? I responded that I had bought them especially for Shabbos and then attempted to sidestep him. Libby quickly grabbed at my arm forcefully and pulled it downward in an attempt to grab the box of pops. Demanding instant gratification. Demanding instant gratification occurs when the child forcefully requests an item or a favor with the expectation that the object of the demand will be delivered immediately. This once happened to me. I was preparing supper one Hanukkah evening while a batch of freshly baked donuts was cooling on my parva counter. A cold and hungry Yossi came dashing into the house from school. Ma, give me one of those donuts right now, he exclaimed. Sarcasm. Sarcasm is mocking, contemptuous, or ironic language intended to convey scorn or insult. It is usually a sharp, bitter, or cutting expression or remark designed to taunt or to deliver pain. In particular, sarcasm employs a specific voice tone or facial expression to deliver its insult. Something like this happened to me last night. I called Chevy in for bedtime just as she and her friends were about to begin a game of hide-and-seek. Chevy was clearly upset at me. As she marched in the door, she rolled her eyes and said, Thanks for always ruining my fun, Ma. I know I can always count on you to be the mother that breaks up the game. Now that we have illustrated some of the more common forms of chutzpah, let us discuss how to deal with them. Step by step, how it is done. 1. Ignore all forms of chutzpah for six to eight consecutive weeks. I-N-B. 2. If your child asks you for something in a chutzpahtika way, you have two choices. A. Ignore the request completely. B. Grant the request without commenting on the chutzpah. You will eventually be able to speak to the child about the chutzpahtika request in 72-hour mode. 3. If necessary, identify a particular chutzpahtika phrase to a child in 72-hour mode only just to be sure that the child is aware that it is, in fact, chutzpah. Model correct verbal expressions to help the child reframe chutzpah into appropriate communication. I think I should use this. Shevi consistently demands things from me using the word give me, instead of asking for them with a more appropriate can I please have. I should probably sit down with her on 72-hour mode and explain to her that saying give me to a mommy is not a respectful way of speaking and therefore I will not be able to respond when I hear gimme. A respectful way of asking for something would be with a mommy, please can I have. Four, after six weeks of ignoring and teaching in 72-hour mode, parents will most likely notice a significant decrease in chutzpah. If a child consistently continues to display extreme chutzpah and you do not see any reduction during the six weeks of ignoring, consult with a professional for guidance. What sets the tone? The chutzpah or the relationship? The parent-child relationship determines whether a child will speak to his or her parents with chutzpah or not. 
If parents establish a relationship with their children that communicates warm authority, children will most likely not speak to their parents in a chutzpahdika fashion. On the other hand, if parents establish a friendly peer relationship with their children, children will most likely view their parents as equals and use chutzpahdika communication patterns when interacting with them. Parent-child relationships have changed over time, which makes practical understanding of chutzpah difficult. In order to fully understand the difference between a child displaying chutzpah and a child just being too friendly with a parent, it is important to clearly understand a child's true obligation toward parents from the perspective of Kibbutz aim. The following is a partial list of a child's obligations taken from Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, Simon Kuf Mem Gimel. Although some of these obligations pertain to the relationship between adult children and their parents, they identify the flavor of the relationship that should be formed between parents and their children during childhood. 1. A child may not sit in a parent's designated seat. 2. A child may not contradict or validate a parent's words or opinions. Both contradiction and validation are forms of evaluation and children may not evaluate parents. If a child sees a parent transgressing a Torah commandment, the child may bring up the topic in question form so that the parent will realize his mistake without embarrassment. 4. A child may never embarrass a parent or show distress or anger in his or her presence, even if the parent is behaving in an inappropriate fashion. 5. A child should always provide parents with food, drink, clothing, and shelter, and escort them to and from their home cheerfully. 6. A child must stand up in the presence of a father or a mother. 7. A child may not cause a parent to bleed. This includes actions that could possibly cause blood to flow, such as removal of a splinter or hair, or performing a finger prick to check blood levels. If there is no one else available to perform this action and the parent is suffering, the child may perform the action. 8. It is forbidden for a parent to place a heavy burden of obedience on children and to be too demanding on them because this could cause them to transgress the mitzvah of Kibbutz aim. Instead, parents should forgive children so that children will not be nichshol chas v'shalom. The parent-child relationship that was. Parent-children relationships of generations ago reflected the greater level of respect that existed between all Eden. During these earlier times, children seemed to automatically absorb respectfulness toward their parents. Much of it was probably based on fear. The concept of being friends with one's parents was truly unheard of. The best way to visualize a parent-child interaction that was is to imagine a typical Rosh Hashiva Talmud relationship of today. Today's Talmud would not ask his Rosh Hashiva to pass him a tissue or tell a principal, good job, you spoke so well, after a school assembly. At the same time, let us not forget that this level of yira correlates with a more distant relationship than most of us think is optimal. 
In a sense, the Yira Ava conundrum must become a carefully calculated trade-off, requiring the wisdom to be able to balance the Yira and the Ava so that the child feels deeply loved, but at the same time recognizes clear and definable limits. The parent-child relationship that is. The decline of respect in the environment has infiltrated into the parent-child relationship. Children relate to parents with a friendlier approach, interacting with the parent as an equal or a peer. A child who notices a mother standing by the silverware drawer would not think twice before asking her to pass a spoon. A daughter might compliment her mother on the outfit she is wearing to PTA. A son might tell his father that he needs a haircut. Although many of these child interactions are made with the best of intentions and can result in children becoming more connected to parents, these interactions can also be construed as negating the true spirit of Kibbut Ava'im. So the challenge, the challenge of combining our children's ongoing, consistent, and essential need for warmth and closeness with their obligation to respect parents according to halacha is tricky. When parents attempt to establish close relationships with their children, they often forget to remind children of the basic requirements of kibbutz Ava'im. The result is that children become too comfortable around their parents, which creates an atmosphere of equality and self-righteousness. Our challenge today is to create a close, warm relationship with our children that integrates a respectful attitude that is not achieved via the imposition of an aura of fear. Although children should never be frightened of or by their parents, they should not treat them as friends either. Parents are responsible to set the tone correctly by treating their children with love, but not dealing with them on equal footing. The best way to accomplish this is to understand the significance of Kabbalah's all and to adopt the techniques that you have just learned. With Hashem's help and through the implementation of the concepts spelled out in this book, you will hopefully have the schus to achieve the desired optimal balance between Ava and Yira. Real questions by real parents just like you. Question. I still feel compelled to be harsh with my children when they are chutzpahdik so that they can see that I will not tolerate it. What is wrong with that? Answer. Because of the negative influences in the social and technological environment, it is incumbent upon us to provide children with a warm and loving home where they want to live. Techniques that are either verbally or physically negative will easily drive our children away from us because emotional gratification and validation is available from a variety of non-acceptable sources in the environment. Children do not hesitate to search elsewhere for warmth and understanding if they feel it is not being provided by parents. Thus, we need to keep our children emotionally close to us through love and warmth tempered by an intelligent dose of loving firmness. Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I am the director of Handsful, which is committed to the provision of community education in the area of behavior management and cognitive development of children. Send me your parenting questions by going to my website at handsfullchenuch.com or by WhatsApping me at 718 714 8595. 
I look forward to hearing from you. And remember, no matter how impossible things may seem, the Earth will continue rotating on its axis.